Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley B. During our time together, we're going to hear some incredible stories on how to find, keep, and share your wild confidence in Christ. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to ask if you would kindly leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, so find me at Ainsley B on Instagram. All right, let's hop in. What's up, friends? Welcome back to Wild Confidence. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation today with my friend, Blake. She is a writer, podcaster, and coach who really equips and encourages women to use their God-given gifts to the glory of God. She is the host of the top-rated weekly Christian podcast, Confessions of a Crappy Christian, and her first book of two by the same title will be released by Tyndale Publishing in the fall of 2020. Blake. Welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today? Uh, Ainsley, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so pumped for you to be here. If anybody, so if you're listening right now, this, I'm addressing the listeners. You need to, if you're in your car, you probably need to pull over because you're going to get so excited <laughs> because Blake just gives us so much truth, so much. She packs a lot of punch and I love that about her. So all I'm saying is last time we talked, I was like on my chair. Literally, I got so excited. I was like crawling onto my chair. So I'm just warning you in advance. If you have, if you get excited easily, like I do, you're going to want to pull over. Uh, but <laughs> that's just, that's, I mean, it's true. You, you, you pack a lot of punch. That's a fair warning. Yeah. Yeah. And you're an Enneagram eight, right? I am an Enneagram eight, which is like synonymous with packs a punch, really. It's its own superpower. It kind of is. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is. And you know, it's crazy. This is my favorite thing about this season um, of the podcast. I have had four so far, just so far recording. We're obviously recording in advance. Four female Enneagram eights come on, and I had no Whoa. clue that was their type. I had no Dang. idea. Dang. I mean, I we're like, kind of unicorns. Like, 1, there's not percent. a lot of us. Yeah. So You're that's exactly wild right. that you've had wild. That's crazy that you've had <laughs> four. I know. It's nuts. I'm like, is so Lauren Elena an eight? No, she is a two. She's a two. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. She and I are uh, very similar, especially because we both, obviously, I'm a two as well. We go to eight in stress. So when right. she and I fight, we fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, duke it out. Yeah. And we're like sisters. So we duke it out every now and then. It's kind of funny. That's um, so funny. So my first kind of question as we as we dive in is, can you recall like a moment or a time where you just totally lost your confidence. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's been a few times and interestingly, they were all relationally adjacent, not always romantically either, you know, I mean, right. they were, but looking back, you know, there are kind of these mile markers of times where I can see my retrospectively see my confidence really plummet. And, you know, one of them was, I was in a really, really toxic unhealthy relationship for all four years of college with the same guy and 
it was all, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. And he, you know, very much wanted me to be something and someone that I'm not and tried to kind of fit me into that box, I guess, you know, and even, you know, as an unhealthy Enneagram eight at the time, I, and having no real confidence because life and, and he had stripped that away. I tried to fit in the box and any person trying to fit in and be something that they're not, that is, is so detrimental. And it, and it not only damages your confidence, it damages how you love yourself, how you love others, how you relate to people. Honestly, a lot of time, I think it really impacts your relationship with God, you know, but I've had major friendship fallouts, even just in the last few years. I mean, that was that romantic relationship was 10 years ago, but you know, since then I've had friendship fallouts that really shook kind of the foundation of my confidence. Oh, I wouldn't say as much because I've grown, but definitely kind of that it's almost like shifting bedrock, right? You kind of look around going, Ooh, I don't feel as, I don't feel as steady on my feet as I usually do. Why is that? Mm -hmm. So looking back, it's, it really is. I can tie those moments to different relationships. Yeah. And are those relationships like, I'm just thinking, do you have any limiting beliefs that pop up across the board or do you think there are different ones specific to each relationship? It's kind of a rogue question. Uh, I think it's pretty consistently that I'm too much, Mm, mm. you know, that I'm, I'm too loud. I'm too opinionated. I'm too, I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm too successful. I'm too, you know, really fill in the blank to be loved or to be deserving of love or, or to deserve close relationship, you know, that, that the, the, the blowback radius is so big from my personality that it's easier to just keep people a little bit further out so that, you know, does that make sense? Like, so that when I do have those Enneagram eight moments, they're a little bit further away. So they don't, it doesn't hit them as hard. And then they don't turn around and walk away, which is, those are all like totally not true. I am very worthy of love and being loved and close, intimate relationship. But I, yeah, retro. Yeah. They're all, I think it's all, I'm too much. Yeah, I would say that's pretty much that is looked different for all of those relationships, but it's all boiled down to that. Yeah. And and I don't think that unfortunately, I don't think that's a rare Mm-mm. limiting belief that people believe. I mean, I remember whenever me and Justin were getting married, a lot of my family members were like joking, but they were like, "Oh, yeah, get ready cuz she's a lot to handle." And what that did to me which obviously I know that they didn't mean any hurt by it. Right. Yada, yada, yada. But I had already felt that. I had already felt like I was a lot to handle or I was high maintenance or whatever. And so whenever they said it, it it cemented that. Yeah. So then that kind of created a cycle of apologies, right? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about this. And then Justin's like, will you shut up, please? Like, stop. Yeah. Stop apologizing. My husband always says, I, I knew who you were when I married you. Mm. And I was a way less healthy version of who I am now 10 years ago. So 
kind of lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. I'm like, that's, it's so crazy how, how much we can believe those lies about ourselves and how opposite the right person's view of us is. And mm-hmm. like, they're like, no, that's not the case. And so I'm just kind of wondering, like, how did you overcome that lie? Like, how did you find your confidence in the midst of those limiting beliefs kind of taking over? So the guy that I was talking about and I broke up and two weeks later, Jeremy asked me on a date. Jeremy is two my now weeks? husband. Two weeks later. Wow. So Jeremy and I had been friends for a couple of years. And so we knew it, he wasn't like some rando out of nowhere. And he and he and the guy that I was dating and I had all been in a Bible study together. So he had watched how this guy treated me. And I think, I mean, I was kind of a shell of a person, to be honest. I look back and it's a very sad ghost version of who I really am. But I, I and this sounds cheesy, but I really think Jeremy like saw who I really am. And I fully am so confident that God used Jeremy to help restore me to who he created me to be. You know, Jeremy, my husband has been such a source of confidence and growth and sanctification and vice versa. Like he wasn't, and it is not now perfect, but he loved me from the start and he fought for me and he you know there were times where I was so skittish and gun shy that I tried to break up with him and he not in a crazy person way but wouldn't let me in a well let's talk about this like let's not just like okay we're done like why why do you want to be done yeah and you know helped me kind of untangle that it was my own fear and not that I wanted to walk away from him. And so I think that, and even walking through the relational difficulties that I've walked through since then, having him by my side has made a huge difference. You know, him, you know, if you're talking about friendships, he's able to speak into some of them and say, no, you need to stick this out. He's gone to bat for friends, but he's also been the one to say, I can't watch you get punched in the face like this anymore. Like you've got to, you've got to walk away. And so I feel like it's kind of a cheesy answer, but really God used my husband to restore my confidence, to point me to him. You know, like my confidence isn't in my marriage or in my husband, it's in Christ. And Jeremy does such a great job of always push pointing me back to Jesus that that's kind of just been almost like a natural outcome. Yeah. And I want to kind of point out a difference in a relationship because how, what I see often is um, people specifically like high school or college students talk about, I'm in love with this person, even though they're treating me poorly because I know what they can be. So that it's Mm. like they're in love with their potential, not the person. And that feels if it's not biblically sound or based that feels like it's on its way to a toxic relationship but I want to note the difference in what you and Jeremy had was he seemed and from what I understand of your story he was very grounded in his Mm -hmm. faith 
and in his uh, discernment with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the same thing. And I just want to clarify no. that. Yeah. And for it everyone wasn't, else. I didn't, I didn't treat him badly. You know, I think that that's right. a really big distinction to make. I wasn't, a, I wasn't awful to him. Like the, when I was like trying to break up with him, I wasn't like, blah, we're over. It was like, yes, I can't, I, I am not worthy. I don't deserve you. I can't do this. It wasn't, you know, and so I've been there. I've been in the relationship where you think that, oh, like I know what they could be and I'm going to help them get there and love them to it. And that's so unhealthy. I always, one of my biggest pieces of dating advice is always like the dating part really should be easy. Mm -hmm. Like the hard part comes when you get married. If, if your dating relationship is knocked down, drag outs, fighting all the time, like, no, that's no walk away. I cut bait now because if you think getting married and or having babies is going to make that better, you are in for the surprise of your life. Let me just tell you. And so yeah, there's a huge difference between he saw the potential in who I could be because I was broken and had no confidence and was, like I said, kind of the shell of a person versus being the person that's in a relationship that is abusive or even just really unhealthy and toxic and thinking you can change them. Yes, exactly. And I, I wanted to point that out because I know that there's some yeah, college absolutely. student that would take that, you know, mishear some of that uh, mm-hmm. information. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to clarify it real quick because you ain't, get, you ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. No, that's a that's a really good point and definitely something that needs to be clarified because, you know, what do they call it? Missional dating. Yeah. Don't like evangelically date. Like, yes. that's, that's not the point, you know? Exactly. And, and, and you're so right. Like that is such a dangerous place to get in with your relationship because I mean, it's such a, like when you get into marriage, there is, you you don't just suddenly become absolved from all of your junk. And Mm -hmm. if you're taking the unhealthy you know, aspects of your dating life into your marriage, it's only going to amplify them. So if you feel like whoever you're dating is not on the right track spiritually, they're not going to magically change when you get married. Right. On anything. Well, and what I feel like people don't understand is like, you're not married. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. like end it now when all you have to do is bring a box of stuff to their house and go to counseling to untangle all the emotional junk like do it now when you don't have to pay out the waz to get a divorce and you know divide assets and it's uglier and it's messier and I know that sounds like kind of heartless because I've I've been through breakups they feel like a death totally the worst Mm -hmm. but I can tell you, and, and my husband and I are super open about, like, we hit a really rough patch in our marriage. Uh, like we had like almost this seven year itch and we had a conversation about getting divorced. Like we were that kind of like, not, uh, I say that we actually didn't implicitly, implicitly talk about getting a divorce. We talked about getting separate places, which is kind of the same thing. Um, and we didn't, and we went to counseling and we worked it out and we're honestly like, 
happier and better than we've ever been now. But in that moment, like in that microcosm of our relationship, I remember thinking, this isn't, this wouldn't be a breakup. This is a death. Yeah. Like a divorce is not just, oh, we broke up. Like it impacts everything. And so I, when I do talk to like, you know, especially college girls that are, they're unhappy and their relationship, but, but our lives are so intertwined. And I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they're not. They feel like they are. They're not. And I know that they're like, it's different when you live together, but even then, like, even then you don't have to go to court. Like, right. Right. You know, you don't have to give up 50% of what you own. Exactly. And time. If you have kids. Right. If you were to have kids in marriage, like it's, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the lines are getting so blurry with dating and yes. we've got to re-clarify them and, and put boundaries where they belong. Oh my gosh. You're not married. You're not married. And yeah. I, that sounds mean, but like, no, it, it's why are accurate. you acting like you're married when neither of you have made any kind of covenant or promise to one another? Exactly. That's, that is what held Jeremy and I together is that we had made covenant promises to each other and we had kids, but like, I don't know. I'm just, I I agree. I think the lines have gotten so blurred and people are dating and they're living like they're married and they wonder why it's not working or things implode and like, well, because you're not married and you're like living like you are. Yeah. Yeah. And you're experiencing the hardships without the commitment. Exactly. Without the, or without the covenant, I should say, because people can be like, well, no, we're committed and be like, okay, well, show me the, the marriage license. Oh, okay. Right. So, okay. Okay. The end. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So as you were kind of going through I don't know, the, the rediscovery of your confidence and self-worth and what it looked like in the Lord, were there some like specific tools that you can kind of point to, to help you stay confident since then? I mean, counseling for sure. That's Mm -hmm. always one of my first recommendations for people. Like everybody needs counseling at some point in their life, whether you think you do or not. And you know, it's, there's that analogy of taking your car to the shop for like maintenance versus when it blows up, you know, that like you can avoid your engine exploding. If you go, I'm also married to somebody in the automotive business, but like (laughs) you can, you know, you can avoid your engine blowing up if you're getting the routine maintenance that you need. And I think it would, I think our, our society as a whole would benefit from shifting our view of therapy and, mental health from like there has to be some crazy traumatic thing that happens but counseling definitely helped and biblical like Christian counseling it definitely helped me strip away the things that I had laid as my foundation and replace you know you can't just pull up lies because then now you've just got a big hole where that used to be like you have to refill it with the truth and with what God says about you and other people and your life and and what he's done for you and so I mean I feel like I'm just a cliche machine today but I think (laughs) counseling and getting in the word like 
I, and we've, I think we talked about this in, in our episode on my show, but like biblical literacy, you know, yeah. is a lost art. You know, we're talking about blurred lines and dating, you know, it's like this, that our generation knows how to pretend to be married, but doesn't know anything about what scripture says. And mm. I think we're, we're lesser for it. And so growing in my understanding of actually who God is, what he has done, what he has to say about me and who I am laying those things down as my, the bedrock foundation of how I live my life. I'm not very easily shaken. You know, that's why I I kind of corrected myself when we were talking earlier about friendship things that have happened since the, you know, my big breakup relationally like they don't shake me I just things just move and God uses those opportunities to continue to pull keep weeding things out that I've let get embedded into my foundation yeah and and replace them with truth you know I just a while back got out of a really codependent friendship you know that at the time I thought was totally fine and healthy and retrospectively mm-hmm. there are threads of things that we had both probably fed to each other that had ingrained themselves in my belief system that God had to pull out. And so I think having an understanding of scripture and really like actually studying it, memorizing it, you know, hiding it in your heart, for because these things are going to come like that's inevitable these these tribulations these trials things to that are going to attempt to shake or strip you of your confidence those are guaranteed but you are also promised peace if you Mm. choose to find it in christ hey if you have enjoyed wild confidence podcast so far i have something even better We have launched a Patreon where you can get bonus content, Enneagram extras, and exclusive live Q&As. Head to patreon.com forward slash wildconfidence to join us and support the podcast so we can continue. Okay, so I'm thinking of someone like hearing you and they're like, yes, like that all sounds good, but I'm scared of the pain that will come with the undoing those threads, what would you say to them? Are we talking about like a dating relationship? Um, Yeah, let's go there. Let's do dating relationship. Okay. Uh, This pain is nothing compared to what it could be in the future. And the pain, pain really actually, this kind of pain really can be temporary. The, the, damage that you could do to not only your life but other people's lives the the person that you're in a relationship's life can be so much more far and wide if you let this keep going you know if you know you feel pretty confident that you're supposed to get out and this is also something that I've done I knew that I should have gotten out of that relationship long before I did yep same and I was scared of being alone and the pain that was inevitable and let me Mm. tell you it hurt way worse because I drew it out and the like again pain is guaranteed in the human life Christian or not but as someone who follows Christ you are also 
guaranteed the best medic ever. Yeah. He is the best doctor. He is the, he really is like the pain taker and the way maker and the heart healer if you lean into him. And so, I mean, on the most practical level, my answer would be, uh, it, it, yeah, uh-huh. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's not going to suck. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to take time. It took years. I was married and still undoing things from that past relationship. Yeah. But are you holding so tightly onto what you have right now that you're not willing to open your grasp or open your hand for what God has for you? on the other side mm-hmm. you know like it's this is guaranteed yeah it's hard and yeah he's not very nice to me and yeah I don't really feel like myself but I, I know that I'm not alone and if I you know if I hadn't loosened my grasp on that relationship then I mean would I have met literally the best man ever you know yeah and to just echo what you said earlier is that the pain of the process is inevitable really, because you're going to experience pain one way or the other. If you stay in a toxic relationship or if you get out and you do that healing work, but you're also promised peace, promised Mm -hmm. peace. (laughs) And that's what you said earlier. And I was like, that is so powerful to remember that Mm -hmm. if you're partnering with the Lord in your healing process, you are promised peace. Right. And I think it's an important distinction that peace is not the absence of pain. Yeah. It's still going to hurt. You're still going to have to process and, and kind of like wade through it. But having the peace that, you know, what the enemy meant for harm, God uses for good and he mm-hmm. doesn't leave you or forsake you and his love never changes. Those things cover a lot of of pain so you know it's not that it's you're gonna if you know that you're partnering with christ in this next move in your life that it's gonna eliminate that you're just gonna be like la-di-da and it's none of it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. but you're you know there's that the the verses in matthew about you know my my yoke is easy my my way is easy and my yoke is light like it's not light necessarily because the burden is light it's light because jesus is shouldering it with you you know that's that's the a yoke is two thing two people you know they used it for like bulls to pull farm equipment yeah like it's two people you know jesus is shouldering it with you so this thing is still heavy and hard Mm -hmm. but you're in it with someone who never changes and never leaves you or forsakes you and so i think it's important i think that christians have gotten it twisted that a life of loving Jesus means even hard things won't be hard. And I don't think that's true. I think that they're less hard, but I don't think that it means that they're not hard. Yeah, I agree. 1000%. And I'm thinking like, just going back to our marriage kind of conversation, like carrying this burden with the Lord is so much more freeing than if you were trying to do it alone. Furthermore, the, I just think that the, when you're in that marriage, you're also carrying this, not only are you carrying it with the Lord, but your husband's also carrying it together. So Mm -hmm. it's 
just broad shoulders all around that can carry this together. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful picture to me of yeah, absolutely. what the Lord has for you. Yeah. If, if, if he has, you know, obviously if he has marriage and has promised marriage over your life, but, um, it's still, even if he hasn't, it's still so much better to do this with him than without him. Yes. And if you're a toxic or abusive relationship has pulled you away from him, from the Lord, then that's your number one indicator. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. That you got to get out. And that's yep. hard. And that's a whole nother, obviously, conversation. But I do believe it's possible. And I'm thinking of like younger, less confident Blake. Like, what would you tell her specifically in this whole process? Mm-hmm. I would. T- so I remember writing a blog post and I don't even honestly know if I ever published it. So I blogged back in the day of OG 2012 live journal blogging. <laughs> yes. And I can remember it. So I'm still, I'm still in this unhealthy relationship and I can remember writing. I, I can feel my actual self bubbling beneath the surface, like fighting against what I'm being told to be, but mm-hmm. I couldn't let her out. And I would probably just like grab her by the face and be like, let her out. Let, Mm. let her out. You have, you have prescribed a version of yourself that you need to be in order to, to be lovable, to be publicly consumable, to be (laughs) a Christian woman. And it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. You are wrong is probably what I would say to her. (laughs) And that you are the Blake expression of Christ and you're not supposed to look like X or Y or Z. You're supposed to look like you, you know, the truth. I knew the truth. Like, you know, the truth get, get to running. Like you're wasting time and there is no time to waste. Yes. You know, that's, I think what frustrates me the most looking back on most of my life. I mean, I would honestly say I stepped into who I actually am like three or four years ago. Wow. And there's just so much wasted time trying to fit a narrative that I was never meant to fit. Mm-hmm. And some of, a lot of that frustration is with myself. And some of that frustration is with the church that we don't empower strong women who are natural leaders. And (laughs) that is like so much of why I do what I do and why you do what you do is that like, there is nothing wrong with being a like quiet, peaceable, servant hearted behind the scenes woman. There's that is beautiful. And Mm -hmm. that is biblical. But there's also nothing wrong with being a hardworking, loud-mouthed, opinionated go-getter because that's biblical too. Yep. And so I think that that's that's a very long-winded way of what I would say. (laughs) No, that's literally perfect because for our listeners' uh, information, we tried to record this. We've recorded this episode before and then I had technical technical difficulties. So this is our re-recording, but we were, there was one thing that you were really like just speaking truth on. And 
we were trying to figure out what that was, it literally just came to me. And that's exactly what that was, was that it's I still, thought so, yeah. Yes. That it's still biblical. Like, cause we were, I guess I was thinking, I was talking about like being wild, like wild is a word that just resonates with me because I felt like growing up in the Same. church, I was, it was, it was so bad to be wild. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't, the, I mean, I wasn't like doing cocaine in the bathrooms. I'm just doing like, I just am yeah. loud. I'm too much quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. So while there's a hundred percent a place for the meek and for the woman who's just chill, calm behind the scenes, doesn't, that doesn't bother her. It, I don't fit that mold and neither do you. And that was one of the most just powerful things to realize that it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. I think I remember we talked about there being, so like I was wild, like I was a shell of a person, but I was wild because I was trying to find life and fulfillment in dancing on tables and taking shots and hooking up with yeah. boys and you know like the guy that I was dating and I would break up for periods of time and mm -hmm. that's that would be my response and yeah. there that wild versus like versus the wild that I am now I'll take this all day yeah you know because I am wild in that you know, there are souls at risk and there, this is not the time for passivity. And this is not the time for not being who you are, you know? And I think so many of us were raised with the Proverbs 31 woman. And I don't think we understand her at all. Yeah. You know, the, the, the second verse or the first verse or whatever it is, is like the heart of her husband trusts her and he will not lack anything good. Like yeah. you think that happens by her just like sitting around on her butt like <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah her husband is respected at the at the city gates and he trusts her and he lacks for nothing and like I think that there's room for like everybody in that you know like what the wild and the the peaceable you know I saw somebody yeah. post something about like the rise of the peacemaker the other day and I was like, yeah, a hundred percent, but also like the rise of the wild woman, because yeah. like for so long, we have been told that we are supposed to be the peacemaker and we are, that is biblical, but I don't know. It's also biblical that like Paul looked the Pharisees dead in the eye and told them that they were like whitewashed tombs. So, you know. And also biblical that the woman at the well was the one who was screaming and shouting about the goodness of the Lord. She was the first evangelist. And, and, and she was also had multiple guys, right? right. Husbands got like, she was just sleeping around and yet she was the loud, like she was so loud and running through the streets and talking about the goodness of God and like her encounter with Jesus. So I don't know. Um, I, I think that is, is so important. The restoration mm -hmm. story, yes. the identity refound and rediscovered and re-cemented in the mm -hmm. Lord. It's so important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I just can't shout you down anymore. And on a daily basis, like I'm always Anytime you post anything, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, tell them, let them know. I'm a, I'm a two. I'm like, I think these things. And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I just can't. 
and I, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I just love everything that you pour out. So the only thing that I can really think of with, with our community at large is obviously engaging with you and following you, but um, how can we pray for you? How can we pour in as you pour out? Yeah. So I am, as you said earlier, I'm writing my first of two books and yes, I am. <laughs> I'm also kind of when we're recording, starting to wade into talking about like legalism mm-hmm. and how it's reflected against like the perversion of grace that the world has put into place and that's honestly like really the heart of everything that I do is kind of trying to find this middle ground between the people who fall towards legalism and then the people who are like there's no rules like everything's fine Mm -hmm. and so what the way that I have been praying as I like walk into this series and as I write my book is just that God would continue to set me free from things so that I can turn around and set other people free yeah and that yeah, I would absolutely love for your people to join in on just praying that like I would can be able to continue to be set free from things that I don't even know I need to be set free from so that I can turn around and set other people free. Absolutely. We can do that. And as we're covering you in prayer, we want to keep up with you. We want to hang out with you virtually. Where can we find you in all the places online? So I'm really only on, well, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. So on Instagram, it's the girl named Blake. And then I also have the crappy Christian co has its own Instagram. And then on Twitter, I'm at craplitics, which is more (laughs) of like a political Twitter. Um, And then you can listen to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's confessions of a crappy Christian. Obsessed with her podcast, by the way. So (laughs) run don't walk it's so (laughs) darn good Uh, it's so good thank you thank you so much for hanging out today you are the best thanks Ainsley I love this this was fun hey thanks so much for hanging out today I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.